0: For The Daily Review, a podcast dedicated to reviews and discussion of TV, movies, and books. Look for us at Daily Review on Facebook and Twitter, and DailyReview.com on the web. That's D A L E Y Review.com. This is Paul Daly here with my wife, Caroline.
1: Hey guys! And
0: today we're here to discuss. This is sort of weird. It is as listed on the NBC Universal site, this episode, Toby, was numbered as number 304. Okay. With Vietnam, the previous week's episode numbered as 305. Intriguing, right? It implies at one point it was planned that Vietnam would have come out after Toby.
1: Well, that's super weird. I don't know how in the world that would have worked out with this storyline, but okay. Well, let's jump right into Toby and Kate because they are definitely like the one that we've been following along so hardcore with this pregnancy story. Did you expect us to find out in this episode that she was gut all the way from eight eggs to three eggs to now one embryo and like she's actually pregnant? Did you expect to like fly through that?
0: The whole in vitro process cut for TV has been that fast. So it fits. If you're thinking of doing fertility treatments in real life, it doesn't go like that at all.
1: I don't really <laughs> think it's this fast. I mean, it's interesting that they're choosing to share it with us this quickly. I I, you know, I, I don't know exactly how the timing goes, but I just feel like it was like that was really, really fast. Especially for this show that seems to like kind of go in real time in a lot of ways, you know, it kind of felt very quick, you know? Or
0: they give us more concrete markers to be like,
1: it's Thanksgiving. Know, that it's
0: premiere Thanksgiving. six weeks ago was yes. whatever.
1: Yes. No, totally agree with you. We have sort of like a now plot line for them and a then plot line for them. So we're going to kind of spread them out th- that way for this one, for the pregnancy business. I thought it was super cute. I liked the little details of like the eight is enough little heads with the little eggs in their places, their faces. And then they went down to like the three amigos and then they had their ultrasound picture. I love that. They, kind of play with that with the idea of having like entertainment like interjected in there. I thought it was super cute and yeah. funny. Brought some humor it's into what it. What
0: people do. I remember when we were trying to get pregnant, we called them what? Rice, rice and, and beans. beans. Yeah. <laughs>
1: and that because they were twins and they were that tiny. Toby here is elated to find out that Kate as his pregnancy has actually worked because he has suffered hard, hard waiting. Do you think that they depicted it pretty realistically? Which to the pharmacy and was trying to get them to even try to give him some pills and then going to the arcade and sort of like losing time.
0: All that stuff rang true in a, in a way that, I mean, part where he th- originally threw the pills down the toilet was the part that didn't seem to be real, you know, like they weren't narcotics, right? They were just Zoloft or something. So it's not like he could not, he could have them in the house and, and, and just not take them. It's not a, an addiction sort of thing.
1: I don't know why he felt like he had to do that exactly. I I don't know if it is realistic to just like in that sort of like moment of desperation to do that. But it also seemed like he was going down the rabbit hole in a way that at this point he like wasn't even making sense. Like he didn't even know to call his doctor, you know? like He was just like wigging out at that point.
0: Your pharmacist isn't going to help you out in that situation.
1: Exactly. So I thought that it was very dramatic. don't know if it's exactly how it would actually happen. But I appreciated that.
0: We get the idea.
1: Yeah. And you know what? I liked that the scene where Kate comes in and he's laying in bed and she was like, you know, the doctor wants you to come in for a med check. That was a little nugget that we got a long time ago. We didn't know what it was related
0: to. We didn't know how far in the future it was.
1: Yeah. And so I was happy to see that that kind of came up and that hopefully that means we're going to deal with this pretty quickly,
0: man. I, I hope so. I mean, uh, we've, we've seen Toby in other futures and he doesn't look, awesome
1: fingers crossed right he,
0: he did give a time frame of how long he's been off his meds
1: do you want to say was it like 5 weeks does that ring a bell i that's what rings a bell for me I'm well, not, if we're wrong listeners you guys totally tweet us or send us a message over on Facebook. But I think it was, I want to say it was like five weeks they said he was off his meds. And that's
0: a pretty good number to be very sure that it's all washed out. If, yeah. If I, I recall. Think. They told me it, it took like six weeks to ramp up to full strength in your system and you took it every day to maintain that level. Okay. And that was just so loft. So I'm not sure what he's was taking. So five weeks out seems like enough time to, for it to be like, okay, now he's... Nothing. Nothing is in his system anymore. Yeah,
1: and he seemed like really non-functional. You know, I mean, he well, seemed just- to
0: have a lot of added anxiety about it in addition to the depression that's probably the biggest deal for him. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, what did you think about being given Toby's background here and and actually having the flashback to the screaming parents and getting a chance to see, oh man, why they got to make Jack Arnold be such a jerk <laughs> of a dad. I know yeah. we've seen him on a previous episode, but oh, when he's like being so snotty to Toby and oh, I just, I hated that entire thing. It, it really made me feel like I understood completely why Toby became who he was. You know, I thought they did a great job of showing us the progression for him.
0: It's all about his mom, right? It made his mom happy to see him be silly and make jokes, right? He nourished that part of his personality and that's why that became dominant. He made his mom laugh when she was feeling bad.
1: And I think that they did a good job, not unlike the episode that we had with Nikki where they showed, you know, how the alcoholism went all the way back to the grandfather, great-grandfather, right? And in this case, Toby's depression. They showed that his mom had depression and this is something that she dealt with. Yeah. And, you know, I think that that was a nice thread to kind of pull through there.
0: Was that Wendy Malik playing her younger self or was that a younger woman with Wendy Malik's voice?
1: You know what? A lot of people have been asking that. And I know you had mentioned digital aging. Yeah. Um, do you think it's possible that they used that on her face? Because, I mean, that was mysterious. I mean, we know that that's not what Wendy Malik looks like. So. Right. How were they doing that? Was it just trickery or what do you think?
0: No way. I I, I don't know because- I mean, Wendy's a fine actress, but she's been at the game a long time.
1: She's currently on like um, American Housewife and stuff like that. She's currently on other shows where you can see her all the time, which looks like now. And she looks nothing like that. Right. Yeah. I mean, it was clearly something, but I'm curious how the special effect worked. Was it a different actress and they somehow, I don't know, or did they do the digital something? It is an
0: expensive trick, you know, and this show doesn't. As far as we know, no. I
1: remember, they did the Super Bowl trick.
0: Okay, well, I mean, it's it is NBC's most popular show, so maybe maybe they do have
1: it's the super. Money. It's super neat. However, they did it. I think they did it super well because I mean, we've seen. I her. was tricked.
0: I have no idea how they did it.
1: Yeah, and that's saying a lot because it's something you love and like completely know how to do. So I think that that it, I think it was really good, and I think that it really did take us down that entire road. Like we know how Toby got to be. Uh, divorced. We know how he ended up. You know, seeing a doctor. We we had a little flashback before when we knew his mom had come and gotten him out of bed because she said it. Like she said, "Remember when I had to come to your house?" Yeah, and remember, like she said it, but we but we actually got to see it this time, and we saw him go all the way to meeting Kate. So I feel like I know everything I need to know about how Toby got to where he was and who he is.
0: Did you get the idea that um, the way that they had cut it all together? was that his most recent recovery from depression came very close to when he met Kate.
1: Yes, that's true.
0: I mean, the way they cut it, it didn't show like him joking around with the beard in in his therapist's office and then doing some other stuff and then going to Overeaters Anonymous. It was...
1: Yeah, no, I think you're right. And I think that that actually tracks with his parents' concerns about getting married. I feel like that they kind of were also implying the same thing like this hasn't been very long. You know, you haven't been feeling okay about yourself for a long, you know, for very long. Mm. So I think you're probably right that that was
0: That's good context. You know,
1: the other the other part of the Toby Kate story that we got was Kate's gig as Adele, doing her Adelegrams. Did you think she looked like Adele, Paul? Did she do pretty good?
0: Man, this is going to be like a very unpopular thing to say, but I don't, I didn't lag it. I mean, I thought it was funny. The concept is funny, but I don't know. Chrissy Metz is not nearly strong enough to sing, to sing like Adele. Okay. You know what I mean? Okay. So, I mean, I know it's just a singing telegram. It's not, it's not a dead-on impression or anything like that, but I mean, trying to do Adele is like,
1: it's it's huge. gonna it's
0: gonna it's gonna showcase whether or not you can sing and and i think she can sing okay for like church you know
1: right but- and which is actually the same feedback that she got from that that You know, band director, guy who didn't hire her for that gig. You know, yeah. Which is basically like your voice is not strong enough. I appreciated that they did use Adele because they got a chance to use um, the song with the really great lyrics and layering it over sort of that montage with so many things going on. um, You know, when we were young, and then showing like Mr. Robinson and stuff like that. So I appreciated that the song made sense. Yes, and that Kate herself could physically pull off good enough for a singing telegram game. Mm -hmm. What Adele generally looks like, and. Generally sounds like, but I also appreciated that it gave us that chance to have the person who hired her like ask her like, "What's going on? Like, why are you here doing this? Why aren't you doing something more important or bigger?" And she could give that little bit of insight of like, "When things are bad for me and things go bad in my life, I turn away from music." And we had the opportunity to really see that with Rebecca in this flashback, where clearly. You know, we knew that she didn't continue on with her college application because um, she was so sad about Jack and everything going on with him and that she had never turned in her audition tape. Um, And so we knew that that stuff was going on. But to actually have her say it, say like, I turn away from music when I'm sad.
0: Didn't that just feel overly and strangely honest? To a person who just came into your life and is going to leave your life right then. It
1: did because Kate is not really the type of person who seems to have like a ton of introspection. And so it was kind of funny for her to be like, I know exactly why I do the things I do. And the dude how was I actually kind here. of turning
0: around and she's like, oh, well, hold up. I, <laughs> I have this very personal thing I want to tell you before we part ways.
1: All I can think is maybe with all the hormones, maybe with all the everything i don't know she just was feeling like the the need for for people around her to sort of be supportive of her and whatever so if she kind of explained to him what was going on then and he was he was like well i really hope things continue to go well for you cuz you know you're a good person and you're in this your music is fantastic that kind of thing that's all i can think of of yeah. why she would have broken like that because you're right i mean she's not really the kind of person who would like she doesn't have a barrel of friends and Right, you know she's not super friendly. I don't think so. Yeah, I'm with you. I mm, mm, that was that, it was a little weird. But what did you think about the part with Rebecca and her at the piano? And Rebecca actually, I did not like Mandy Moore singing. I don't know why, but I felt like it didn't gel the way I would have wanted to. There, I'm sure it was a lovely song, whatever she was singing. Why can't there.
0: she ever sing a song anyone knows? <laughs>
1: uh, I don't. <laughs> maybe maybe monetary. I don't know. But but it was weird, right? That you just sort of like kind of squeaked out these notes and it was sort of like huh that just didn't even sound that great and weird if she if my mom like sang it and then was like now you repeat after me i would do exactly what kate did and was like no
0: (laughs) it had the piano overlay music that's supposed to tell us this is a touching moment and all that but since this is since this is rebecca and kate you get you get all that extra mom daughter layer of of misunderstanding. To me, when she said, "When I was a girl, all she had to do was just sing to me once, and I could sing it right back to her." Let's do that with you. It just seemed like, yeah, nice. um, Again, Rebecca was trying to help, but said things that that made her sound like she's so great, and and the, let's see what we can do about you.
1: <laughs> I like that. I, I think you're exactly right, and I think that that was like the. The story we've been told the whole time between them, right? That she's always like, yes, and I'm beautiful and uh, let's see what we can do about you. Yeah. You know, and it was like, oh no. I I agree with you wholeheartedly. I, I think that it was a very, I thought it was generally awkward. I mean, I think we understood that, you know, she turns away from music when things are not going well for her. I think we kind of got that. So it was an interesting little like nugget, I guess, to put in. But it wasn't like, yay, I figured out so much about either, you know, it just sort of reinforced what we already knew.
0: Yeah. I mean, if you were to if you were to binge uh, this season so far, the last time you would have seen this teenage Kate, she would have been. Admitting about a massive weight gain and just continuing to eat on the couch with her mom, you know, just like a week or two ago.
1: And admitting that she wasn't going to college because she hadn't turned in the rest of her papers and her tape and stuff.
0: So we're still on the downswing.
1: Yeah. Oh, hills. Yeah. (laughs) hills. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. For sure. So it'll be interesting to see what brings her back up, actually, because- You're right. It just continues to go down.
0: Well, the way Kate tells it, it's a forty year downswing or at least a thirty year downswing.
1: She is always saying everything's going so terrible, huh? Yeah. I I tell you, it does it does chat my high Paul that she can't see like like Toby, you know, being a a great husband and a great guy and somebody who who loves her and stuff. And I don't know, being a newlywed and saying you're not life is awful is like, oh, that just that really grates on me, you know? Shouldn't feel that way.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: All right, so speaking of another couple, let's move on over to Randall and Beth. And they have kind of an a, a very expected story and then a very unexpected twist to the story. We have um Randall and this councilman position. They they did answer the question that we all had last week which was like how in the hell can Randall possibly run you know, in a whole other state. And so we finally got the answer.
0: And in fact, they spelled it out in that very strange expository style that they use on this show where they, they answer a question that the audience kind of asked. You know what I mean? Right. And it was like him prepping for the Q&A that he anticipated at the little rally. Um, but But I mean, come on.
1: Like, who was, yeah, who was he telling? Right. Like, he's like, remember, Beth, I put my name on Williams Lease. Like, that was, it was like kind of funny and silly. But in case you guys didn't catch it, the whole reason why is because he had put his name on Williams Lease as well. So he was technically also a resident, I guess, of the area, which it kind of seems like, don't you have to live in the area for a certain percentage of your time? I don't know if that's just at like a larger, like a higher level political level. Yeah, but just city council. Just city council. I don't know. It seemed kind of questionable, right? Yeah. This campaign is rocky. We knew it was going to be rocky. We knew he was going to run into a lot of crap. I mean, he's got nothing but crap from the people in this neighborhood, you know?
0: Yeah, they saw him as an outsider. What do you think of Chi-Chi's decision to to include the fact that that people were attending the meal as um as a political situation on the flyer in the fine print? Like, they didn't know they were coming. And, uh. and she said, you just told me to get them here.
1: Uh, the rest yeah. is up to you. I think that was probably a mistake in many ways um, in that it pissed people off. But then once you kind of heard the people's story, it might have been the only way to get those people to come on over.
0: Maybe. Chi-Chi is like, she's like a Mr. Miyagi type figure. She she wants to teach you something, but not do it directly, you know?
1: <laughs> she's like, bait <"Bank> the fence.
0: <laughs> Pretty much.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Well, so what did you think about, since we found out that Saul in the previous episodes had really kind of been... To us, to the viewer, a guy who didn't follow through with his promises and was really a pretty crappy councilman. And that's really what brought Randall to feeling like he needed to take his spot. Now, the owner of the restaurant gave this whole other story.
0: In a nutshell, uh, Councilman Saul had had basically saved their restaurant in some way that they don't even know how they did it. It was going to go down and he saved it. Basically, we're supposed to kind of assume that in one way or another, the rest of the people in the neighborhood feel the same way about personally some connection to the councilman.
1: Exactly. And I don't know how in the world you break into a situation like that. I mean, if he has been doing you know helpful things for people like Randall wants to do now, but he's been doing it basically all the years he's lived in the neighborhood. I mean, what in the world? How do you how do you barge into that situation, you know? And I even have a question. Do you think Saul's actually a bad councilman?
0: No. What I, I I think is that he's just been at the game a very long time now. Those alliances and loyalties and all that kind of stuff that long terms in office bring also bring a lot more compromises than you, than you thought you were ever going to have to make um, when you got into politics.
1: That's like hashtag truth.
0: Yeah. So I think that's where he's at now is in order to get something he wants done now, you know, he's got to give up a favor to somebody else and all that kind of stuff, which, you know, it's the way it works. But now, since he has like a long history, he's probably got a ton of those situations.
1: I appreciated that Randall had to have this realization that he's going to have to find a different way. Of course, it was Beth who helped him get there. But what is going to be the different way? That's intriguing. What is going to be the different way? How is he going to turn these people's hearts? And I have a question for you, Paul. Do you think he's going to do it? Do you think he's going to win this councilman position? Will he find a different way or is this just going to be like a you needed to learn that lesson and like move on?
0: I actually see him going through all this and not winning.
1: Intriguing. You know what I mean? I can I mean I can see that There's in a no lot of ways. Why he should, there actually. really isn't any reason why he should. You know, like Saul hasn't like burned these people. You know, it's like I'm with you. Like in many ways, I want Randall to win because I like Randall. But in another way, I'm like, Randall, you're so like you're not in tune with what's going on, friend. You know, you get these glimpses, Mm -hmm. but you don't really know what's up. So I'm with you talking about not knowing what's up, Paul Daly. Oh, my God. With this whole Beth storyline. Wow. This came out of nowhere for me. And you know what, Paul? This is one of those things where it's like I'm kind of. I'm kind of uh regretting what I asked for because I was like I want more Beth. I want more Beth and and, and I want her to have like a storyline and now what did I think her storyline was going to be? She was going to like, you know, become like what? I don't know. This is like depressing what they are doing with her, right?
0: Yeah, I mean they they're taking the the most solid of the of the characters and dismantling her. They took her job away. They showed this interaction with the an interview where she basically lost it during the interview, probably losing out on, on, on an offer that, that could have been very helpful to their little family right then. And then all the previews for next week make it look like it's even worse than than we saw this week.
1: So, okay, are they going to this well too many times with, like, humans just breaking down to nothing all the time? Like, is it realistic that, like, like you know, Kevin's big fall from grace, Toby's big fall from grace, you know, like, d- does this have to happen to everybody? Does does Randall have to have a full-on mental breakdown? Like, do we have to all have these is this realistic to most people or is this like a dramatization in a way that's like, all right, I, I mean, I don't know if this is us when you're talking about like that. I mean, I've never cried in a job interview. Have you? <laughs> no. Well, so I'm sort of like, are they making it like a little too no, I was much?
0: trying to think of something funny to say there, but. I, d- I didn't want to get into it if you thought it that it was real so no well, that was
1: probably a good idea <laughs> no. <laughs> no but you know what i mean right it's like
0: oh i do and, and but it's th- like don't get
1: silly with it
0: you're you're on to something like it's it's maybe it's that they lightened up on kevin so they needed to add you know some tension somewhere else so they had to i agree but why does it have to bed? be in the
1: same like Mental breakdown, kind of way, like over and over, mental breakdown, mental breakdown. Do you know what I mean? Like, well, we haven't have seen,
0: we have not seen the extent to, to, of Beth's problems yet. We've just seen the the previews that suggest that she feels a lot worse than she's letting on.
1: The thing that made me the saddest, honestly, about that is she didn't tell Randall. Like when he asked, like, how did it go, and she was like, I was like a boss, and she didn't say, like, actually, it kind of went crappy. A lot of other things could have happened, but the hiding it from Randall, that chunk is probably the part that is like the worst. You know.
0: She did say, at least she didn't cry. And (laughs)
1: that's
0: because she did.
1: And that's because she had told him not to cry. She had told him in her pep talk to him, whatever you do, don't get up there and start crying. And then she goes in and cries. Mm. That was, yeah, it wasn't, she wasn't tipping her hand that she cried or not that he recognized, you know. Right, right. So, all right. Well, I mean, I don't even know what to think about this. I am worried for Beth. I wanted a completely different storyline for Randall and Beth. I wanted more Randall and Beth time, but I wanted the Oprah and the, the joking and the the actual family interactions and stuff. I didn't want her to, I really hate to see such a strong character go down this really bummer path, you know?
0: Maybe she doesn't have to go as far. I mean, she's, I
1: really hope that's true.
0: She's always had her head on straight this whole time, right? So,
1: total fact. Let's hope, man, fingers crossed. Well, Kevin and Zoe have their adventure this week and they do go find Mr. Robinson. And we're going to skip over part of their story. We're going to come back as a whole theme that was throughout this. But first, let's talk about Mr. Robinson here. Did you like Mr. Robinson? Did you think he did a believable job of what that interaction might look like?
0: Yes. Uh especially the the second day where it was clear that he had he had done some thinking about the, um, what, how much you should tell Kevin and he decided, well, I should just give you everything I got, you know, and how he, he, I guess it was like, he wanted to both honor his memory and his relationship with Jack, but he thought that Jack's son deserved to know these things if he wanted to know these things, you know, but he had to take time to think about that rather than just be like confronted with it all at once. So I like that, that part of it.
1: I thought I thought it was good that that he did provide him with like such like tangible things you know he didn't just sit and tell us a story but that he actually provided like letters and the picture yeah. the picture what do you think about this picture who is this village woman with this necklace that's obviously Kevin's necklace what the heck
0: since it's a woman it's easy to read into some something like uh some romantic entanglement or something like that and you know that may well come to be i just i don't see them spending like a ton of more episodes in vietnam you know so the next time they show us vietnam i think it's going to be to show us nikki getting killed so i don't know how you wrap in like this torrid love affair uh and that in the same same episode the only
1: thing is that paul like how else like i mean i know that they can put milo in different spots but like that's like the best way to show Milo like a lot is if you keep dealing with the Vietnam story. And if you want him to stay as a part of the series, I mean, do you really just delve into Vietnam for an episode or two? Or like, do you kind of have to hang there for a while?
0: Hmm. I guess it depends how much it costs. It seems uh, like it would be more expensive to split the parties, split, split all the sets, you know. That yeah, way. good call and on that. Got to get all that period stuff, the helicopters, the the jeeps, all that stuff.
1: Hmm, I didn't consider that, but okay. I'll give you that. I am intrigued about this necklace. I I'm, I'm hoping you're right that it is something more complicated and interesting and clever than it was just like, well, they had some passionate night and she gave him the necklace. You know, I mean, I really yeah. hope there's something more interesting to all of that. So,
0: I mean, it, the other very obvious option is, is, you know, Jack is treating the villagers as fairly as he can, whereas other people are being jackasses. Right. And uh, so, you know, I've seen enough war movies to kind of see, like, that lady may not have lived much longer than that picture, you know?
1: Ooh, yeah. I I completely agree with that. Well, well, that is just going to be interesting, Paul, if we're going to have another little story thread to follow through. I don't know. What will that mean? I don't know. Speaking of Jack... We get to meet, uh, bring back his best pal, Miguel. I know a lot of people, including us, felt very uncomfortable about Miguel hanging around after Jack passed away. But we actually get some closure to that whole situation, I think.
0: Yeah, this was like Miguel's uh, redemption, right? He, he, was, he was basically asked to take care of the family.
1: A hundred percent. So they have this little mini flashback within a flashback where um, Jack is doing his life insurance policy and Miguel gives him the Jack Pearson's don't die. Right. And he's like, yeah, but just in case, you know, will you watch out for my family? And I thought that that was like a really good to all of those people who it's like, if you think Miguel's just hanging around to be nice to Rebecca because he's trying to like move in on his his uh, bro's turf this is not the case you know he's actually trying to honor jack by being here fixing the fridge bringing the piano i thought was so kind
0: it was something that he knew rebecca would would really value you know and and maybe make her happy
1: so thoughtful just so thought and something that jack would do that's like exactly what jack would bring home right
0: yeah exactly
1: So, and then of course we have him helping out with the kids. So it was prom in this episode and we only just had like little tiny nips um, having to do with it, except for this, this theme that we have going on here.
0: And then Kevin.
1: And Kevin. So. Why,
0: why would, what's the girl's name again? Jess, not Jessie. She played Jessie in another show. Alexander Breckenridge. Why would she, her, her younger version, bring the limo to Miguel's.
1: The only thing I can possibly think of is that maybe Kevin was like with it enough to say, like, don't bring me home. And maybe that was like the only idea she possibly had. I do not know. It doesn't make a heck of a lot of sense to me in this day and age without like I mean, they wouldn't have had cell phones or anything. So it's not like she could have like looked in his phone or You know, and Miguel was like kind of like ready for him to come there, you know? Yeah. Like he was like, it's a little off for me. I'm I'm not exactly sure how that worked out. But I did appreciate that he took Kevin in and that Kevin, you know, seemed to accept that help. Although I do think there must be some shitty follow up on that where Kevin's going to be like, whatever, Miguel, because Kevin's been such a shit to Miguel this whole time, like in present day.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and this, um, you know present present Kevin has got a lot a lot of his demons figured out but this teenage Kevin is still a handful. He's such a mess. Not pleasant to be around.
1: Now, the worst of this teen storyline is definitely Randall's. So I'd love the little family matter shout out right of the Urkel to Stefan. So I didn't
0: even remember Stefan.
1: See, that's the thing because I think that that happened like in later seasons when we were like not watching it all anymore. And so that It was like a joke inside a joke. Like, you actually had to watch the show to be able to remember that. You can't just, like, glaze over, you know? So, I was like, oh, that's funny. And then I didn't really quite understand the timing on this. Like, I know it's close to when Jack passed and when they were in the mall getting the suit. Yeah. And so, therefore, that's when he asked Allison to, like, start seeing him. So, they had been dating for some period of time here, but not that long. It was weird about this whole, Randall's gonna go do pictures at Allison's. Then we have this awful scenario with Allison's dad, who apparently not only has never met Randall, never seen a picture of Randall, and somehow has no idea that Randall is a person of color. So, what is up
0: here? It was the 90s. Uh, That is not like the 50s, but it's not like now, either. And you gotta remember who the The kids of baby boomers, I guess, would have been the parents in this this uh, time frame. And we took a we took an informal polling of people that age and that we're not going to admit who they were. But they admit they would have been uncomfortable in the same situation. They didn't say to what extent.
1: At least surprised, right? Right. At least taken aback, whatever. I don't know. Allison's dad's response was like, I don't know. It just felt weird to me because I don't know. I just, I thought he had been hanging out with Allison for a while. Like, if this was actually the case and her household was a type of household where they would have been uncomfortable with her having a black boyfriend, I don't really get how that would have flown under the radar all the way through to prom pictures, you know?
0: Well, and uh, maybe it's just the the girls that I dated, but they would have gone to prom with me rather than run off with to, to console the jackass dad. <laughs> you know what I mean?
1: I don't know what happened. Maybe maybe Allison was told she couldn't go. But again, it's just like it's so little of it makes sense to me. I mean, again, they got all the way to the point of like buying a dress and doing all this, and, like never did it come up. Never did he come over even one time beforehand. I thought he had, I swear. I thought they had done homework together and stuff. I don't know. uh, Did her parents not come to the funeral? She was around.
0: Uh, So it's like,
1: well, that's kind of weird, right? If she was at a funeral and they were not, I don't know. I don't know. It just seemed like, okay, but it did bring up this whole racism um, thread that does go throughout this entire episode. And Miguel tries to comfort Randall and talk to him. What
0: did you think of Miguel's stated approach that he that he gave the white kids what they wanted, basically, and just played to their their racism as as a way to try to make friends?
1: I definitely think it's one way to handle it. I don't know that. How would that have helped Randall? I don't know. Like what what kind of advice is that really?
0: He tried to twist it. And be jack about it, right? And say, but you're stronger than me. You know, you've always been stronger than me, even at that age. And Randall was like, dude, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> right?
1: Facts. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It was a good try, Miguel.
1: Yeah. You just pat Miguel on the back like, good good job, bud. Yeah, good I mean, job. Good
0: instincts. But- yeah,
1: it was. Well, so then we also have these two other moments that deal with basically the difference between like understanding maybe white culture and person of color culture. So, like, I feel like you have um, the pillowcase and Kevin being, like, super dismissive with Zoe about, like, oh, you just, you know, Miss Zoe can't sleep on, like, bargain sheets, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. Not recognizing the situation. Now-
0: Well, he, I mean, why would he? Then-
1: and for a lot of reasons, I'm going to say, like- he may not have noticed that because he's kind of the kind of guy who would like
0: not notice that
1: kind of thing. (laughs) Yeah. Like kind of be, I mean, we saw him sitting on the floor of his closet, you know, season one, like crying in this like gigantic, you know, clothing closet. And he was just like, he just never came off like the person who would have ever noticed what the women were doing. Right. Ever. so I don't even know if that was like a really ignorance about color or more like I never pay attention to anyone else you know especially not women I'm necessarily sleeping with he's you know?
0: he spent a lot of his adult life and child life as as a self-centered person you know
1: very much so so I appreciated that that they had Zoe talk to Mrs. Robinson and they had that whole like conversation of like at what point are you going to sort of like decide whether or not you want to like go through the trouble of basically training this man because that's basically what it is. Now, could it have been about other things? Could it have been about all kinds of things that women go through or that women deal with that men are maybe very unaware of? It really you could have picked other things, I think, you know. Mm-hmm. But I appreciated that they tried to tie this in with with what Randall was what was going on with Randall as well. You know, I feel like they tried and then we had oh, they've kind of tried to do this before when they like had Rebecca go over to the mom at the pool and sort of like ask questions about like how to cut Randall's hair and should he wear sunscreen and stuff like they sort of have been trying to bring in the idea of um, any person of colors different needs than maybe a white person might know. And so I feel like they do, they're doing a decent job of trying to weave some of that in. You know, sometimes it's more blatant than others. Mm-hmm. The racism with the clerk, I absolutely saw it like immediately. And I, I, can, I don't really understand if Kevin was just, I mean, when, she's, when he said she's with me. Right. I don't know how he could say like he didn't get that the clerk was being dismissive of Zoe. Like, you know what I mean?
0: He barely even looked up, though.
1: I know, and and he didn't
0: see the eyes that the clerk was making at um, Zoe, uh, because I mean, she was really, she really had big eyes, right? And you could see they were very expressive. Of what? Agreed. It was uh, even for a guy that doesn't read body language. I got the idea.
1: (laughs) Well, and I guess what I'm trying to say is that, like, uh, like any man not understanding the beauty routines of women and especially women who maybe have a different hair type than than your family does or anything right you may not know
0: right definitely not
1: but in what world are you living in that you don't know when a clerk is being snotty and shitty to the person you're standing with like how do you, how did he how did he not know and yeah i guess i guess you're saying he you just didn't look up at her face but yeah she was putting off a stink vibe paul i felt it through the tv
0: boys don't feel stink vibes boys
1: don't get stink vibes
0: no not unless oh they're like hitting them in the face
1: God, and i'm gosh. sorry that wasn't
0: hitting him in the face
1: Ugh. well i don't know i thought it was a little he'll, a stretch a, i for bet 20... he'll be on the lookout now yeah of course but i mean i think it's a stretch for 2018 to for him to be so oblivious i don't know maybe it's like again a whole statement maybe i feel like i still don't have a hold on kevin you know maybe uh, we've talked about this a lot in the previous season that like i don't really have a great grasp on what he does and thinks about you know so maybe again he's just so outside of my walk in life that i'm just not quite sure what he's up to you know
0: well i mean he's got a very normal single guy aspect on all this right it and now it's like he actually does want to to care about this this woman probably more than he's tried to in a long time like things with the high school girlfriend that kind of stuff fell into place easier i guess because they had history until they had too much history and they couldn't get past it anymore right right right.
1: exactly so i don't know i i think i'm glad to see that zoe and kevin are going to give it an actual go it seems like kevin is going to have some growth here again maybe about um Race issues in America, but then maybe also like women, like maybe you just like don't get it, you don't get that like women have to go through all these different beauty regiments and whatnot, and it's like a lot more complicated, although again, he's an actor, I believe he probably uses face creams and does all kinds of beauty regiments, you know, so I'm like, Meh. but maybe not, maybe he missed all these things, so I appreciate that. Do you feel like Zoe's actually more committed to this situation now, and this isn't just this fly by night? casual thing is she's actually going to stick or what
0: now i do i mean she said you might be worth it which is which is a lot for her yeah because i mean they're kind of shaping up her character to possibly be angling just for a good story Mm -hmm. you know and and but not that she's a total piece of shit just (laughs) just that she you know, had an ulterior motive. And now...
1: Well, she wasn't as invested in s- this relationship, right?
0: Well, and since we're not being told that she's a complete piece of shit, then I'm going to take her at her word that she does want to try to have a relationship with Kevin.
1: Okay, I'll totally go with that. So overall, how do you feel about this episode? We had, you know, some stories that we were very much expecting, councilman stories, you know, moving on to Mr. Robinson, who was well-laid, you know plot point um but then we had these like kind of like more like huh moments of you know beth and what's going on with her and the necklace and what's up with that what do you think are are they giving us enough layers and enough complexity for us to be as excited as we were maybe in previous seasons
0: this episode i mean we are recording this podcast a day later than we normally like to because, well, we just didn't have any energy for it. And I think that comes from the averageness of this episode.
1: Gotta kind of uh, agree with you.
0: Not that, I mean, an average This Is Us episode is probably still a very good episode of TV, but it didn't generate a whole lot of we gotta talk about that kind of moments.
1: Not it, for us. And again, like, you know, maybe it just wasn't angled to us. Like, you know, I know that we had, Not as much love for a lot of the Deja storyline, but I could see where if you were either a foster parent or a foster child or, you know, had any experience with this, you would like really bite onto this story. Maybe there's parts to this, um, interracial couples, whether it be Randall and Allison or Zoe and Kevin at different periods in time, there could be a lot that you could delve into. Mm -hmm. Um, but, But I'm with you. Everything was a little glossy and a little like we didn't really get into it enough to really get hold in. Like, we don't really even know what Randall did for the rest of the night. Like, the dad was just like, I can't do this. And then just nothing. And then Miguel was like, you can handle it. And that was sort of like it. Like, we didn't really get into it. Yeah, You know? So it was a little glossy for me if they really intend for us to feel what's going on in these situations. So I look forward to next week. I always, always am excited to see where these adventures are going with this family because, you know, I love them.
0: Well, and it, I mean... We get to see what's up with Beth finally. And so know, good. Beth. the preview lo- looks exciting. So I can't wait to see it.
1: Thanks so much for listening.
0: Thanks. Catch us on iTunes or your preferred podcast software. Our website, dailyreview.com. That's D-A-L-E-Y review.com. Facebook or Twitter or wherever you find us. Please leave us a comment and a rating to let us know what you think of the show.
1: Thanks for listening, pot people. Thanks for listening to my mom and dad. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Just go home, folks.